talking. I can't believe that like we're gonna the third episode. We're just gonna roll. Whatever. Welcome to uh, <laughs> Tipsy Bear Radio, the podcast about the conversation and how we see it. I am Papa Bear, sitting here with Georgia Roses, baby. And as always, our favorite producer. Say hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Fuck, I love that. Is that really Danielle, though? <laughs> Is that your real name? Who knows? <laughs> um, uh, Danielle, what the fuck are we talking about today? Sorry. We're gonna talk about theater. Oh, All yeah. three of us have oh, a background. The theater. The theater. And we want to just kind of talk about our love of it. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about how we got into it. It's just going to be a fun little chat about something yeah. that we all dearly love. So would you say all of us are like participating in the same way? Because I think we've all been actors. I think we've all written stuff for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think we all sing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're all coming from the same yes. position. Because you can be a theater lover. Yeah. And just love the theater and realize I have no talent to be up there but I love mm-hmm. the theater where no, people think... play piano and that's their thing and they yeah. play only musical schools yeah so obviously our perspective is from the participation from angle, angle mm-hmm. because it's but I think it's also it's great to listen in even if you have a, an appreciation or love of the theater because even if you don't you will now by the end of this podcast we will make you <laughs> we will make you love us right George, just like, the, it's I, just like chorus line yeah. That's my favorite. What do you musical? mean it's like course like <laughs> Yeah, what segue better? Sorry, I, I'm thinking in my I was like, <laughs> do you I really, really need this job? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I need this job. That's part of acting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely. It is. It's true. Why don't you start? How'd you get in the theater, babes? So here it comes. Settle in. <laughs> Let me get my chair right, hon. Let me get my chair right. Cause theater was never in my um lifespan. Or like in, in, in the spectrum of me growing up. I I went to go see theater. Like I remember seeing Tyler Perry play, kind of growing up. I, I, like seeing Lion King, you know, things. Um, Two very different ends of the spectrum, Lion King and Tyler Perry show. I mean, you know, but my parents loved the theater. So like yeah. I went to go see at the Pasadena Playhouse, Don Lewis from nice. from um, uh, A Different World and Mr. Hang of Mr. Cooper. And um, like growing up, telling you that I was like going to be this fashion designer. Like once I got out of high school, I was like, oh, let me go into college and kind of figure that out and taking some, some drawing classes and, and like life illustration classes and whatnot. And so this time that I was telling you that I like moved out of my, my father's house to move to San Bernardino, which ain't nothing but hillbillies and, and meth heads over <laughs> well, there. We all know she liked them hillbillies. <laughs> See that Drop judgment? You see that judgment? Here it comes again. Hear that judgment? See the next time? The you third, have to want to learn. The third time? You ever seen that movie, How to, um, uh, What's Love Got to Do It With? She about to get the Ike Turner on her ass. Uh, anyhow, so like, San Bernardino, that's where the eye socket dude was at too. <laughs> So yes, they they were out there. Uh, <laughs> I had to sign up for uh, community college, and 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 I had to take full units because in the states, like if you take full units and you're under your parents' kind of driver's license, you get to keep that. So like, I went in and thinking, oh, they got a fashion design program. Nope, nope. The only thing that I saw was costume design, which said sewing, and I was like, okay, cute. Close this enough. will give me my this will give me my little two units so I can keep my car insurance. 
Baby, that car insurance is expensive. <laughs> yeah, As you know, with the DUI Georgia. who got her shit taken away, that shit is expensive. <laughs> so I go in. Maybe we all can't relate on our theater stories. <laughs> I know. But <laughs> can y'all? So I go in and I go into the theater department thinking, oh, well, this is amazing. They're working on um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And costume was like there. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll just kind of like pick up and learn by doing you know, and I met a friend of mine named Jason, who was the lead in the, in the show, but was also running one of these like studios that like teaches kids how to dance and do yeah. you know star competitions and whatnot. And we became really good friends because I became his assistant during okay. the show, like helping him get trained and everything. And then he was like, "Oh, do you need a job? I kind of need help doing this stuff. We're doing a show called Beauty and the Beast." And I was like, "Sure." So it's kind of like learning on the spot. So great i'm like this costume designer now uh who has no experience and then one of the guys in the show gets kicked out he's like we need a lafou can you do lafou and i was is that like the candle no that is uh gaston's little sidekick oh, okay and i'm just thinking this is great kind of like outside of the box stuff that i've normally been doing then we're sitting in his car one night and he introduces me to rent the music. Mm, Jonathan Larson. Absolutely. Life, right? Of course, problematic now, but like life changing oh. at the time there. And I start to hear through Seasons of Love. And I'm like, broken. Broke, broke. And I was like, getting into it. And then he played me the Seasons of Love with Stevie Wonder in it too. Oh, the reprise. The reprise one. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, bitch. With the harmonica. So I'm getting into it. and I. Yeah. yeah, and I'm getting into Beauty and the Beast, which is still today one of my favorite musicals, which I first saw on Broadway. So getting into that, that was the kick into me liking theater and right. thinking, well, the fashion world is going away in this costume world I can get into because I can be a little bit more whimsical and magical in those and in, in how Weird. I design. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, moved up to San Francisco and then I started my costume career from that, just learning on the spot yeah. and um didn't get into acting until much many years later until i was probably like 23 24 and got in heavily into ballet and everything my first show professional show paid you know money yeah chorus line you know <laughs> there there it is there Beautiful. it is there's the reference back Beautiful. um so yeah that was kind of my start i didn't get into theater much much later of appreciating right. it and 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 valuing diving in yes and like being on both sides behind the scenes and in front of the scenes and i think that's crucial to being an actor is knowing both sides mm. even lighting design Absolutely. and knowing directing you need to know everything 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 to know you know what i mean so it's true that was my jump in at the that's age gorgeous. of like 20 you know and when that bug bites you it may take a long time oh yeah for it to develop or maybe an instant yeah it's true. you want to go or you want me to go you can go you sure yeah all right um Oh God, we we promised each other. Uh, we actually promised all three of us that we were gonna make it a light Saturday because this last, is fun. No, this is we're talking about theater, honey. Yeah, this the is last great, honey. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say it in a beautiful way, and it's not gonna be deep. Theater saved my life. Amen. 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 A to the man. I was a great football player. I was a great baseball player, um, and then through an injury. I was unable to do that. I had to have recorrective surgery, very invasive, mm. you know, all that stuff. Recorrective, no, corrective surgery. Very I was going to say resurrective, but that's no, not the right no, word. No, it's not right. Um, and 
my thought going into it was that they're going to fix me, like we talked about mm. last week. Mm. These doctors are the going doctor. to fix me, yeah. and I'm going to go back and play baseball. Well, that wasn't the case. They were fixing me to the point that I could have movement Walk. in my right. back and right. shoulder, yeah. you know? Um, and my whole world kind of fell apart. It's this, like, super competitive 16-year-old that thinks he has a chance. Do these play for college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if college goes well, maybe be a major. You know, like that's. And I love playing sports. American dream. I love playing sports so much. You're a very sporty fella. When I was kind of coming into this realization of uh, I'm not going to play sports anymore, I was with this great group of outcast weirdo friends, and they happened to be in the theater. Like I was friends with the people on the team. But I was also just like so like abundant and like let's meet everyone we can. I was always a weirdo in some way, you know. And these people were like, "Why don't you do this show? Why don't you audition?" Because they were all at like a place you were talking about where you were a costume assistant. Yeah, it was a uh, blank center for the performing arts where I grew up, and they would have classes and they'd have children's shows and high school shows and adult shows and stuff like that. And one day, I was just sitting outside. I was still dating my girlfriend at the time, who was one of the theater kids in the weirdo group, right? And uh, I'm just sitting on the front bench, like, completely dejected, rebellion, whatever, smoking my cigarettes, all that stuff. And this car whips by, and somebody who is now so important to me, my best friend, stops his vehicle. And he's like, hey, do you do theater? And I was like, "Mm, I did it when I was a kid with my dad, but Mm. not really. And he's like, can you sing? I'm like, of course I can sing. I was like so full of myself and always screaming rock ballads and stuff like that. And he's like, why don't you come in tomorrow for an audition? So he did. I got the role. Then all my friends. What show was it? Dames at Sea. Oh, Lord. That's like four people in it. Four like main people and then like a huge tap dancing chorus, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And without boring you with how long that story goes and where it leads to, that bug bit me then. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "This is this is my th- this is my new football and baseball. Yeah. This I don't have to be sad about anything. I love this. Yeah. And I want to do it better. And I dove into that pool headfirst. I started learning about. I mean, and my dad's a huge musical theater fan. And I just went. It might have been some form of like." transitive therapy without going mm-hmm, down that road mm-hmm. but yeah, I, it, it comes back to the point of uh, theater saved my life because yeah. I was just so able without a conversation to let go of losing sports the character transformation yeah. of being That's in amazing. that world and just I love it I yeah. love it so much when I need to feel better or you know sometimes when you like need to cry or something you can put on most of the time I go to musical theater yeah. when I have to speak to my own heart 100%. I go to musical theater 100%, yeah. and some people think it's cheesy but I don't care I'm so happy. I love musical theater. Mm-hmm. Amazing, yeah. Some people are into plays. Some people are into ballet. American musical theater. Goosebumps. <sighs> yeah. So good. That overture comes on every time. Uh, nowadays, I'm like, eh, over it. Some I think of it's not like, so good. But the most stuff of it's today is great. just kind of like, eh. We're also really removed. There's a problem with musical theater in Germany. You know, we well, all live in Germany. Even just watching they the translate the stage, song. though, it's just like, yeah. You're doing that again? You're yeah. doing King and I again? Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, the revivals are a little rough. Oh, you're bringing that. The revivals oh, like, rough. show me something new. Some like the West End. Oh, they Hades do Town is new. incredible. That's new. Which one? Hades Town. You know, everyone's I... talking about Jamie. These are new musicals yes. that are incredible. Yeah, true, very true. Danielle, how'd you get into theater? Um, I was a very rambunctious child, and um, yeah, no, right. <laughs> uh, my parents put me in dance when I was really little, and I really loved tap dancing. Um, my dad got me into tap dancing. Yeah, teach Nana how to do that. I can do that. Um, I, I love tap dancing and I was very small kid. So they would, and there was always one boy in the class. And so they'd always pair us together because we were both small or whatever. So I'd always have these little solos. And then there's, there's a ton of dance pictures of me. It's very cute. But my parents didn't know what to do with me one summer because I was just a lot. I talked a lot. I was like in their face a lot. And they were like, God damn it. (laughs) She's still using glass tents. Oh yeah. I'm still like that. (laughs) I mean, let's be real, honey. We love each other. We can say That's that. That's true. Anyway, so my parents were like, they found in the school district that I was going to that they did a, a summer youth theater program. So basically, you can put your kid in a, in a youth program every day, five days a week during the summer, and they'd do a production of the summer. Oh, this is camp. Basically. But it wasn't a sleepaway camp. It was like a day camp sort of. Okay. But it was for... I the, slept with someone who was in camp. Do you remember that? Don't Let's say this for the name dropping this... episode, shall we? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. But I won't drop the name. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, but like it was all kids so it was like elementary to high school so it was all ages and they put on a big production at like the community college and so my mom put me in it and the first show was The Hobbit um, <laughs> <laughs> is there a show does The Hobbit there is a, a musical of The Hobbit it was written in the, it, it was written the in the 70s and they actually like it's not a great show and I was an the elf Hobbit? I was an elf no I was not The Hobbit bitch <laughs> I would have been horribly cast if I was the Hobbit. Your feet aren't big enough. No. Um, it's a horrible show. But <laughs> it was the first time I had done anything like that. And I was like so taken by the production and people involved and like being in, in like an ensemble of people. And like, again, this harkens back to family. Yeah, I'm just going to say like part of a family. <laughs> yes. But I also found something on stage that I was like, I could be, it's the same thing I felt in dance, but it was like, expressive and my, it would kind of backfire to my parents because I would come home even more jacked up mm. and that would be like this happened, this happened, this happened. and they were like oh god what are we going to do with her now but it was that immediately and it was musical theater I also share the love of musical theater um, but it was from that day on I never stopped well I have in my adult life but as a kid and in much of my 20s I didn't stop doing theater and I, I just think it's the most amazing thing and I discovered something that made me feel good and also connected with people in a different way because I was always a little... Like you said, that's the therapy that I talk about kind yeah, of yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is why when I came to Berlin thinking I was going to be an actor and here's the funny story about that. Coming in in San Francisco, I'm calling the German embassy because I'm trying to like get more information about how to get a visa coming over here. And I was like, oh, so what's the difference between the, uh, the freelance visa and the artist visa? And she was mm-hmm. like, huh? <laughs> what is it that you what is, should it go what, what is it that you want to do and I was like well I'm an actor and you know when I when I come over I would like to do theater and, and all of that she was like here's here's the punch what do you think that you would just go to New York and be on Broadway it doesn't work that way she said that to you girl when I tell you my face that's some dropped real, that's some real shit yo when, yo when I tell you my face dropped <laughs> I wish someone had told me that when I moved to New York. Did she do it in like perfect English as well? Yes. <laughs> With a German accent. And I said, no, I, okay. Oh, 
okay. Uh, thank you. Right? I hung up the phone. When I tell you my whole day was fucked. Yeah. Thinking, oh, she just read me for filth and she doesn't even know me. Yeah. When I thought coming over, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. That didn't quite happen. So then coming into drag was like, oh, I can, I can do drag. And then I can also be an actor, still actress, and create my yeah. one-minute shows or three-minute shows. And that's how it allowed me to, like, or one-person show that you Or one-person yeah. show that has allowed me to, like, do these therapy moments over the, the course of time. Because as everyone knows, they've seen me laugh and they've seen me, like, be on the ground crying, like, in the middle of a number. Your cabaret show is not just you and drag. It's, like, a true piece. It's a show. It's I have a piece not, of I told work. you this that night. I have not felt more inspired or moved by a piece of work like that in years. Mm, like what you, you did, you have to understand what you did is not just a three minute you yeah. doing drag on stage. Yeah. That is a deeply personal, vulnerable, honest, real shit. Like that is that's art. What you did is amazing, yeah. and that's that's theater. What now that let's is just see if I can theater. recreate that again. Yeah, you will, you and that's what theater allowed you to access. And yeah, that, and that's why we're on Team Lil Rose. <laughs> because yeah. well, I got the, my T-shirt, yeah. and the theater teaches you about the, the one thing it teaches you is about to be vulnerable, right? Like you can't not vulnerability connect. is a strength, not a weakness, right? And that's the thing that they teach you all about is just like we well, you you can't know. be an actor unless you're vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're if or you have actors. this up, you're you're oh, who's a horrible actor, Brad Pitt. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Tom I, feel like, I feel like that's a heavily opinionated Tom thing. Cruise, that I mean, that's Tom just Cruise. my opinion. It's like Nicole Kidman. Like, eh, you know what? Like, if you've if, out there listening, if you've ever had a musical change you, move you, you always have a fond spot in your heart for it. Write to party at tipsybearberlin.com. Daniela, personally read it. You will be in contact with the suits of this program. Exactly. That's me in a suit. And maybe we'll read it. Mm. Maybe if you live in Berlin, you can come on and talk about it. Yeah. What are we going to talk about, though? Uh, we're going to talk about the shows that really moved us. There you go. That's yeah. what Or changed our outlook. Or changed our outlook on how we view life. Because yeah. you know, musicals can fucking do that. Who wants to go first? I'll go I will. first. Oh. oh she, she I haven't first. gone first yet, she so I'm going to go first. Go um, so I have a couple, um, just like, cause I think uh, large markers in my life have been around certain pieces or musical theater in particular. Um, the first one ever was the wizard of Oz, which granted is a movie, but I've also done that production about four or five times in my life because it just happens to follow me or I've, I've been attracted to it. It was, I mean, I have a, everyone who knows me knows I have an intense obsession with Judy Garland. I named my dog after her. Um, but The Wizard of Oz was, for me, and still is, this magical film and, and theater piece that makes me happy. And it's the one thing I always return to when I'm down. And I think it's just it was just one of the most amazing things. And it really started off because my mom made us watch um, a lot of, of musicals like that, and Shirley Temple and stuff when I was little. And I just fell in love with the character of Dorothy and everybody in it. And it was... It was probably like it started my entire love and desire for doing theater. Um, yeah, I love that. yeah, it, it's just it's. I mean, I'm staring at these pictures of Dorothy right now that yeah, Adam in has studio. in his flat. Um, but I also and Toto. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dono. I also went full like. I did it's rich amazing. white lady and I got a it. got great. a illustration of my dog in a general suit. It's really cute. <laughs> um, the other my I think my all time favorite musical though is the chorus line. 
And I think... Oh, here we come again. Yeah, I know. But it, I've never done that show. I'm not built like a dancer, so I'm not... I, I wasn't meant to do that show. But that... I think that soundtrack or that all the music from that is one I can listen to over and over and over again. And it's a show from the 70s. Like, by all means, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have held up the way that it did. But it yeah. really speaks to... If you've ever been an actor, it speaks to the experience so completely. Yes, and I will say that from doing this show, even though the music, like tells the story this show or chorus line chorus line <laughs> that show too a chorus line but it's the actual um dialogue that happens in between yes. the show yeah because if yes. you the don't know the dialogue moments. from people's monologues and life stories yeah that was taken chorus line is based off a true story yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean and if you don't know this dialogue in between it's like it doesn't kind it kind of makes sense as an actor but like to hear it entirety is like yeah, Fuck, right. this is me. It's, right. it, and it, and I, it's true though. I think if you've ever been a performer, it really speaks to you. And I saw that show before. I think I might have been in high school then, and or even younger. But I just, for me, going to the theater, especially musical theater, is like a visceral, like physical reaction. Like my body lights up when the overture starts. My butt, like my hair is on, like my goosebumps, everything. It's just such a magical experience. And the chorus line is so well written, and it's it, and it's so it's. It's like, it's such an intimate portrayal of what that is. And it's really like, when you think about what the show is, it's it's just a bunch of dancers auditioning for the show, but they're sharing these stories and it's just, it's so well done. I and I. and So who's your favorite story in the entire like lineup? Ooh. Because you can, you can relate to everybody's story, but there's one person in that lineup that you're like, Girl, I get you, Judy. It's oh, I get God you, damn it. I don't you know? remember. I, okay, now I say I love this musical. Now I can't fucking remember her name. But Hold it's on. Cheetah Rivera. I'll do a little fact check no, for no, you while you tell your it's story. The, it's the song that she sings about her theater teacher. I felt nothing. Yes. I was literally going to answer the question for Danielle, and I've been biting yeah. my tongue. Yeah, I love that. Because the dialogue in that show is so important to access the mental mm-hmm. struggle, desires, want, destitute of what getting into theater means yep. and what we sacrifice. You're talking about Cassie? Yeah. No, Cassie's but, no Cassie's the she's the older dancer. Yeah. Um but when she sings the I felt nothing, it's that experience that if you've been able to actually have a career in the theater mm-hmm. or get forget a career, be able to be sure enough and good enough to be cast. Yep. Um, you've probably had an acting coach or teacher or singing yeah, person. Yeah. And when you make that connection of feeling nothing right, and what you do with it, yeah. whether you force yourself to do more character study and feel something, yeah. or you realize you have to rely on really good training and education right. mm-hmm. to or, not feel nothing and make it fucking believable and good. I mean, also, I think that, yeah, absolutely. And I think that... I mean, also, I love the, the, song, the song Dance 10 Looks Through. I think that's just one of the best songs. I love the opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is amazing. Oh, yeah. The music's amazing. But I think that that, that, what's that song, I felt, no, I felt nothing, right? I think it's just called Nothing. That resonated with me later in life when I, when I moved to New York to pursue acting. Yeah. Then I felt that because you're met always. If you pursue it openly, you're going to be met with rejection all along the way. Unless yeah. you're just you're just gifted and you're lucky which not everybody is but like but I I, that, I just love that musical oh, so that's much Diana's song yes Diana, Diana yes that's it. but it's like so chorus line she's the one yeah. that sings but what I did the last one I'll mention and it's not even a show I like that much 
But when I decided to move to New York to pursue theater, um, this was after a bunch of, my father disowned me and stuff, and I was like, save money. I was, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I got through one year of university, and I wanted to move to New York, and I went on a trip. This is when JetBlue was, like, had these like, 99-year-old flights, or $99 flights to New York from Seattle. Went by myself at 19, flew to New York, stayed on this, like, really shitty hotel way on the west side, and I just spent a week in the middle of January weather there, which is like horrific. Didn't even know what winter was until I moved there or went there. And I just went to musicals the whole time. And I went and saw Cabaret for the first time and Thoroughly Modern Millie, mm. which oh, with, with, Sutton, with Sutton Foster. Was so good. Yeah. And but like both of those shows are not shows that I think about often, but those shows are such like huge moments for me because well, they're tied to experience yeah because yeah. I went there I went to those shows by myself I was 19 years old a baby in New York and I was like I'm just gonna go see the city decide if I want to move here and I'm just, I just went to shows the whole time yeah. I was underage I was ordering like martinis at the fucking oh bar. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like that ID, yeah, huh, yeah, yeah nobody's even checking my ID yeah but like those shows for me I think about how they they really pushed me to come to New York and my story ended there because obviously I'm not a professional actress but that for me those shows were like you just you sit in those big theaters in New York and your whole body is just like immersed in this amazing experience so yeah there's nothing yeah. like it no there's not those are you mine. want to go boo or you want me to go I'll go That's go ahead a little bit longer sorry to, you were t- you're good yeah yeah sorry, absolutely baby. okay it just felt natural yeah absolutely okay. so three musicals that have changed or morphed my my who I am as Georgian Roses and they all have themes to them, is um, Sunday in the Park with George. Yeah, I know that one. Right? Because <laughs> Stephen Sondheim, anything that Stephen Sondheim writes yeah. is just like absolutely brilliant. If you don't know who he is, I highly recommend looking him up. Any of it. it any, any of it. All of it, Any of, it, yeah. of, his, of his stories. Uh, it, it resonates with uh, life and how to deal with life and also kind of ties in base, well, not... Same show, but Into the Woods. These are life moral stories that you, even as a whimsical oh my, fairy tale. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, you said and the, the way that he writes his pitter-patter and the way that he he composes his music is absolutely genius. Well, it's so layered. It's complex with, as fuck. with James it's Levine and him together. Yep. <sighs> a little night music. <sighs> Second musical that has changed my life is Passing Strange. I don't know it. Oh, you've done this show, haven't you? No, and I sent it to you guys in the WhatsApp. Did you? you? In the trailer uh, to to look at later. To look at later. But that deals with, uh, 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 written by Stu and Heidi Ewart. um, And it originated at OSF, started there, then went to Broadway, then went to uh, Berkeley, and was done like as a rock musical that deals with uh, a black, like a black kid living with his mom in, in, in Compton and how he finds his way rebelliously out of the church into Amsterdam, into Berlin and living this life and literally, wow. and then his mom dies and like, it's, it's... How do I not know this? I, I know. feel this like I would love it. Is, I, we're going to watch it one of these days. We're going to sit right here on this yes, couch. Man. We're going to watch it on this big screen. <laughs> we're going to have a little wine and we're going to go in it, honey. Yeah, and never that deals, have a little wine. And that, that dealt with the way I, when I say like musical change, my kind of way of look of life is when my father died, that was on repeat for like two months because mm. it answered questions for me. It gave me yeah. a little more outlook even though there was a mom and because I think 
father and mom can play both parental absolutely right? yeah. and so that's so beautiful Ooh. it's so beautiful and the music is amazing and that's how i ended up in berlin um wow yeah from uh, that musical from that musical because he moves to berlin right and he then... goes from amsterdam to berlin but i i started oh yeah i started berlin amsterdam and then came back to berlin oh, wow. but i needed it that, moved you that much that much because i needed were like, to go i'm and that, that character that's yeah amazing. exactly that's incredible yeah and i that's when it answered a bunch of questions for me and i was like okay i get it i get it yeah. right uh third musical that is uh so underrated and should have won the Tony Award the same year that Wicked mm. came out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Caroline or Change. I don't know. Written by Tom. Obviously, she has taken, we're taking a, a theater card away from her because <laughs> she does not know. It's written by Tony Kushner and uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, something Tesori um, uh, who wrote Shrek. Um, Janine Tesori. You're she so wrote, much better at that than Janine I am. Tesori wrote, she wrote uh, Violet the Musical. She wrote Shrek. She wrote Carolina Change musically. It's an operetta that is taking place in 1960s about a maid living in a basement and a Jewish, and like working for this Jewish family in the bayous of like Louisiana and this operetta that just kind of forms and there's, there's dialogue, but there's just continuous music that just forms and she talks to this, these like radio yeah. It's the best piece of theater when I went to school to see and seeing black people on a stage. I think we it's all were like you and I definitely did. Yeah, we're living in New York at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. when it with uh yeah. with uh with Caroline Change. Yeah, uh, and oh, everyone was talking about it. Oh girl, what's the uh, what's the actress who played that? Uh, Tanya Pickens, yeah. who should have won the Tony, but I think it was Dana Manzel did right. Yeah, but wicked. I, I don't think they lost best musical to Carolina Change. Mm-hmm. I don't think they lost Best Musical to Carolina Change. They lost to Avenue Q. Mm, they I lost know. Best Musical. Really? Because yeah. it, that was the year that Wicked just like took home the Tonys. Are you sure Wicked didn't win? I'm, I'm fact checking right now. And so... Because I oh, no. Like they did not win for Best Musical. Avenue He's right. Avenue Q won, right? Yeah, let me Because Steven that. Schwartz, we thought this is the time that Steven Schwartz is going to fucking just take it. Yeah. Wicked because had the most nominations. Yeah. And Avenue Q. Avenue Q won, yeah. But Carolina Change was up for Best Musical. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was Sorry just deafening. It was just like because all you had three amazing musicals that were life changing to the theater world: Wicked, Avenue Q, Carolina Change. The Boy from Oz was that year too. Mm-hmm. Still good. To you see can put Hugh that Jackman, in the list though. of. It was good to see you, Jacqueline. Though you did great. Yeah, I guess if you want to see guys and dolls too, it's like. Oh wait, sorry. Finish, finish, finish your Carolina Change. I apologize. And that had to do with like how racism, and it, it just opened a, a new eye. But like seeing black people just sing their hearts out and loud and and operatic and full voice was just like okay this is theater for me this is what i want to do um just to name a list and i'm not going to go into like description mystery of edwin drood back when betty buckley did it little women i know it's it's kind of like the classic that's horn won the tony for doing the uh composition work it's it's a arrangement it's a beautiful story beautiful beautiful story uh yeah, and those are musicals that resonate. And I can go back now, also Oklahoma, um, go back now and listen to the, the full Oklahoma yeah. uh, ballet in the shower and just be taken away. Yeah. When I, like, there are no words that to, to describes, like, 
the emotion I feel when I I just like my butthole goes yeah. up inside and yeah. my my dick turns into a clit mm-hmm. and like so, <laughs> so yes yeah, sorry Ooh. there's there's probably some people right now at home on a Saturday pausing the podcast so they can go, put on their yeah. favorite I, and I hope you do please do it, do please it. do because these I wish are we had the money to pay for the rights to listen to some of this music right now all right I'm gonna get into mine. Um, there's a connection actually so funny I didn't even think about it I didn't even remember it uh, when Danielle started talking about the Wizard of Oz and oddly enough the second one I'm going to talk about is a connection to the racism you were talking about the so funny so the Wizard of Oz that you're talking about I'm going to tell I should tell this last one but tell it now because it's just hysterical yeah God bless my father God bless my sister just everyone that dealt with me as a child I spent an entire summer an entire summer as a six-year-old boy watching The Wizard of Oz on repeat, constant mm-hmm. repeat, three, four times a day, dressed every single day with the assistance of my father as the Wicked Witch of the West. Fabulous. Love it. Black love dress. It. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> black dress, witch's pointed hat, broom, like with the tied thistle or whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. call it. My father would paint my face green every day. Really? And I spent an entire summer, three months, because I didn't want to play t-ball. As the watching the Wizard of Oz as the Wicked Witch of and, the West. And you know that fact that she you, burned. Dad. She burned <laughs> going into that first initial, and they were like, "Oh, we're just gonna keep it." I think I like the transformation face. Yeah, I mean. She's a key element in that whole... Yeah, of course. Did always, you read the book? I've Wicked? always liked the antagonist. I've never read the book. Okay. So then my connection to you, oddly enough, same wonderful father, when I was 13 years old, uh, with my chosen family, Uncle Blank, mm-hmm. um, my dad took me to Toronto, and I was so excited. I was so fucking jazzed, because like, I was leaving the United States. Like, mm. I was traveling. That was bougie, you know? And I loved right, them right, both right. so much, and we stayed in a hotel. And they took me to see the pre-Broadway of Ragtime. Uh, and most of that cast, minus one person, became the Broadway guy. I heard? What's this? Sorry? Uh, the writer? Uh, Flaherty? Is it Flaherty, Flaherty? Flaherty, yeah. yeah. And at that impressionable age... Through the beauty of musical theater and how gorgeous that fucking score is, I was able to really dive into like early American race relations. Yeah. You know, because that show is so in your face. And at the same time, I was able to have this magical experience with my father. You know, oh, you have a shocked face. What's going on? I do. I, 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 I'm shooketh. 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 What's by that? what? Uh, Stephen Flaherty, right? Lynn Ahern, and the book by Terrence McNally. Yeah, yeah, Terrence McNally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, you know what? Even if you love musical theater, or you're the type of person that loves theater and it's not musical theater, yes, there is a movie out there. It's really hard to find, but it exists. It has Kevin Spacey, Jack Lemmon. It's called The Murder of Mary Fagan, and that's the actual book. That they wrote the musical on, but they made an incredible movie. That's amazing. Mm. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, ragtime. It it just when I hear those songs as mm. a thirty seven year old man who has been through so much, yeah. they just strike something in me, and it reminds me to treat everyone 
like a normal human being. Yeah. Because I saw it on Broadway. I saw it in Toronto. I was with Chosen Family. I was with my dad trying to create a relationship with me, learning about classist people and race relations and struggle and the labor movement and the women's suffrage movement through something I didn't even know how much I loved yet. Mm. I didn't know how much I loved theater at that point. Until you saw that show. Until I saw it. No, just period. I don't think that show made me love theater. I think I had an appreciation of music. It wasn't until what we talked about in the last segment, being in a show that I loved theater. Am I correct that that show was kind of, I want to say like the beginning of like minimalist theater. And we're not talking like our town where it's just like a broom and a ladder and that's You're incorrect. It. it was a huge set. Was it a yeah, huge yeah, set? Right right. Massive yeah, because set. I, I I feel like that show That like, was in that mid nineties area where you that were budget was a huge, huge, huge house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jekyll okay. and Hyde yeah, yeah. and shit yeah, like that. That was a huge massive And then the last one I'll talk about, which actually isn't a, a show, it's more my connection to certain songs in musical theater mm. that take me directly to a place. Yeah. I'm going to rattle three of them off real quick and mm-hmm. I'm not even going to talk about them. Anything from Wicked, because mm-hmm. it's the first show that I took my husband to see. And also, I think those lyrics from Stephen Schwartz, like, speak that was, to your that heart was his golden about shit. always being a better person. Yep. Yeah. Drowsy Chaperone, because I always think of my friend Dan and just Beth Levels, uh, Level? Beth Level, right? She won the Tony. When she sings As We Stumble Along, that song can always make me happy. I find it hysterical. I have a very, very sharp memory Mm. of hearing that song and laughing with one specific person, my my friend Daniel, uh, and just it just brings me happiness. Hey. And then the other one is More Than Words by Jonathan Larson's uh, Rarely Heard. um, Oh, God, what is it called? Fuck, I'm blanking. Falsettos? No, 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 no. Hold on. Um, no, he didn't write falsettos. Um, um, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking. It's um, uh, oh, oh, uh, tick, tick, boom, tick, tick, boom. Thank Yo, you, Yo, baby, oh, more than words, baby. baby. <laughs> Yo, that's my workout song. Words. It just reminds me of how to always question yourself as a progressive, and it just makes me feel that I can move on doing the next right thing. You know what I'm saying? I just have this. Think thought. Imagine, imagine if this playwright composer was still alive today. What else he would have created? What else he would have created? Yeah. You know, Stephen Sondheim had the everything he created was so on top of social justice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Could you imagine what he would be writing right yeah. now? Right. Yeah. Get in if you're listening out there. Get in to Jonathan Larson. I yeah. mean, Rand is good, but it is a little like. It's heavy. It's, a, it's heavy, but it's also, it's also still problematic to, to like, today's age. Oh, well, my it God. Age, it didn't age well. But you have to take it now as a period piece, right? Absolutely. You have to take it as a period yeah. piece. It's, it's, a th- it's a teaching moment. I mean, hear, hear this, though. Like, Rent is a great thing because it got so many people back interested in the theater. At right. a time where musical theater was not was dying on Broadway as well. Yeah. Right? Like, Rent was it brought back so many people to... Yeah, it was, like, what, 92? I think it was a bit later than that. Got Jack Daniel. All right, so we're going to start talking about um, our our favorite funny theater moments. I have two. Go for it. Um, Well, actually, I have three, but two of them are eighty-six. Two of them are the same show. Eighty-six. Ninety-six. Oh my god! (laughs) What? (laughs) We were three years old. Came out with Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) 
I was like, AIDS wasn't he, even a he, thing in '86. How did he see that I coming? Hate. It premiered on Broadway in '96, but 96. he was he was workshopping in '94. That's when it started. And he died, died right afterwards. Before it yeah. opened on Broadway. Yeah. Holy shit! All right, so my funny theater story. So the first one's going to be me in theater, mm. and then the the two after will be me watching theater. Okay. Right. Um, so you know how when you're doing a show and you really become like a family unit? Yeah. Mm. So there's a Stephen Schwartz show called Children of Eden. <gasps> It's a fantastic show. Jesus! Oh, I wish you guys could just see us. Because, like, oh, Jesus. Oh, the first song yeah. coming in, honey. It's like, some of the other songs can be cut. But, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yo, Light. Stephanie Mills originally yeah. so, originating that part, baby. Um, so, I did the show several times. Yeah. But Would my favorite time doing it, I was playing Abel. Okay. And then I think Abel becomes Shem or Ham. I can't remember. So for those of you that don't know Children of Eden, it's based on the first two biblical stories, right? Revelations. Yeah. Well, no, Revelations is at the end of the Christian Oh, uh, what's, what's the first so one? So it's Adam and Eve in oh, Genesis. Oh, Genesis. Yeah. And then it's Noah and the Ark, which is also in Genesis, yes. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. may be wrong, but I think Noah and the Ark literally follows yeah. Adam Completely. Eve. Completely. I can fact check it for you, but I... Yeah. Thank you for Daniel's going to fact check it. So anywho, it, it it lends itself to this kind of strong communal feeling. You're singing about this religious stuff you either grew up with or know about, mm-hmm. while theater is already kind of a family thing. So you start to like act like a family. And then also anyone who's been on stage knows sometimes if you do shows long enough, whether it's three weekends of a run or it's three years of a run, you just kind of fuck with each other yeah 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 yeah, yeah. kind of like what they do on saturday night live like can i get you to break it's amazing yeah so my friend i'll I'll say this because she won't mind the story my friend trinidad was in the show with me my best friend kevin the one who asked me for the first audition okay was the director oh wow right um and one of the oh my god actually my first boyfriend was playing adam wow yeah i didn't realize how loaded this story was yeah jeremy Love you, babes. I hope you listen to this. He was wonderful. He is such... They're both trained at CCM, such voices. So there's a part in Children of Eden where in the second act where all the animals are coming up onto the ark, Mm -hmm. right? And there's like... uh, Everyone's like, look, uh, an aardvark. Look. You know, Mm -hmm, it's written mm -hmm. in the score. Mm -hmm. And whenever my line would come up, I would say something stupid to make everyone laugh. Yeah. So on closing night... Because Trinidad is a person of color. I don't know where I got it, why I got it, how I got it. But I was like, look, mama, red fox. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole loaded whiteness, the whole loaded whiteness of that statement, she was losing it. Yeah. And she only had about 10... No, that's too long. About five seconds, because we know how long five seconds feels in live yes, theater. Yes, absolutely. She had about five seconds to recover and put her shit together to wow. start singing her line. Wow. Because she does the, uh, all of that uh, dialogue, sorry, mm-hmm. comes before Ain't It Good, which is Mama Noah's huge, you know, like, yeah. and wow. go for wood. Yep. It's this huge gospel number. And closing night, I just had to really poke that fucking bear I love it like I had to that was the same show where I'm supposed to die by being beat with a rock yeah and the actor playing across from me couldn't get the rock 
and he grabbed the apple from the tree and beat me to death with the apple from the tree. Wow. And I'm laying, same Trinidad, I'm laying in Trinidad's lap and she can't. Yeah. But it plays well because she's laughing so hard it looks like hysterical crying. Like we were such a tight fucking unit. But it takes, it takes running the show a few times and knowing folks beforehand. Yeah. Because you get some actors who are like dead serious. Like, mm-hmm. don't do that. Do, don't like, break. Don't yeah. break. Be in the, even if you are in a statue position, you're not even looking at the yeah. audience, your eyes are closed. Like, yeah. don't fuck with my or shit. Or break like, and don't let them see it. That's yeah. a real professional. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let so, me get to the other two. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the real quick. And this is now me as an observer in theater. Both of them are in Wicked. I'm dating a guy who does hair on Broadway. Yeah. And so we see Wicked, and uh, my friend Bob, who owns Pieces Bar, was always able to get tickets. Yeah. I don't know if he was friends with the producer or whatever. So between the hairstylist boyfriend and the uh, owner of the gay bar, yeah. I could always go. So I saw that show a ton, a time, because I love it. It's an amazing yeah, show. Yeah, it's a great show. Listen to it. Yeah. Two times, same actress, Kristen Chenoweth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So at one point in time, I don't know if she had gotten in a car accident or whatever it was, she had to wear a neck brace. Okay. And she bedazzled it. Rather than having the understudy go on, bedazzled this necklace to be Glinda the Good Witch. For those of you that don't Uh know uh, the part she played. And she does this thing continuously in the show with like this hair flip. Like she's very legally blonde, cutesy. And the first time she comes out, addresses it once and never addresses it again. This bedazzled neck brace. She goes, and like that. So she goes, careful, could hurt yourself. I love it. Stunning. That's an amazing... Yeah. That's hysterical to me. The next time, and I'll wrap it up really quick before I pass it off to you guys. She was also... uh, There's a scene where they first enter their dorm room. Yeah. It's her and Elphaba, who's Mm -hmm. the the Green Witch, for those of you that don't know the show. And uh, it was such a big set. They had a lot of moving pieces. They would go to like a Hogwarts kind of thing, to a dorm room, to a house, you know, big sets. And so they're uh, robotics. You know, and they, they're on moving things and whatnot. Yeah. Elphaba's bed comes all the way out and hers kind of like, <clears throat> and like gets jammed. She grabs her wand, lays belly down, face out towards the audience and starts doing like this swim movement. And she's like, come on, come on. Taps wow. her wand a couple of times, does the swim again. Come on, come on. And it starts moving again. And the audience... Lost, lost their shit. Wow. Yeah. Lost their shit. And that's the that's other thing that I love so much about theater is that you have to roll yes, with do. whatever could go wrong. It's true. And that was amazing. Yeah, it's true. So that's me. That's my funny that's theater right. shit. Yeah. It was hysterical. And those are moments that are so special to me because yeah. I remember them, I mean, crystal clear. Yeah. And they still make me laugh. Yeah. I love that. Hit me. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I, as a theater maker and being a costume puppet designer and also an actor, never did lights, even though I told people we should do lights, I like, never did lighting design, but I've always been fascinated with amazingly quick changes, oh. um, like quick changes that happen at like a snap, like into like the woods. Like Young quick changes. No, like like I'm talking like into the woods mm. snap from mm. from the witch into the pretty witch. Bernadette Peters. Yes. Fuck oh, me. Like stunning, 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 stunning. That's available on YouTube. If you haven't seen the video version of Into, into the, the Woods, it's there. 
yeah. life changing. Watch Run Dead Peterson Sunday in the Park with George's oh. dog. Oh. Like so this, good, so good. Like stunning, and I've always still been fascinated with the change from Beauty and the Beast, from the back Beast into the and to the Prince. Oh. I I know there's this double, but do you seeing, have a funny story about that change? Not a funny story. Oh, I thought you were telling me like he still had like one paw on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have a funny, I do have a funny story about a quick change, and I won't name any names. It was the first show I was ever doing, Beauty and the Beast, it was costume design assistant for, it. and the girl playing Belle, who was now moved up and been on Broadway now, which I'm like, okay, girl, I'll yeah. see you, I'll see you. We work together. Um, was like massively losing weight during the rehearsals uh -huh. like like massively like you know you built these style. amazing gorgeous gowns do you know what i mean yeah. to like fit you and then you come into your your next fitting and there's it's like you know, a bathrobe it's like a bath like <laughs> wow. bro this is not a kimono bitch this is a ball gown you wear this the ball gown when you dance with yeah. with the beast and so <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. He's already laughing at his own story. <laughs> so like, I'm doing quick changes backstage because she goes from uh, into her blue dress into meeting him in the library into like this red dress kind of like right. where she's like reading the book. And of course, she's lost so much weight and she's trying to like get on stage and the zipper breaks. Oh no. Girl, on like, a dress that doesn't That's fit. the worst thing. And she's just like, oh my God, what did I could do? I was like, and I take this big safety pin and I just like, fuck. You just like, fucking ram it I in. I just ram it, it in together. there and I was like, bitch, that's what you fucking get for losing all this goddamn weight. Now get out of like, the fucking stage. Yeah, she was like, oh. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Stuck it. Like, oh, yeah. Get in there. And it was kind of open in the back because yeah. she was just like moving like this. And I was just like, that's yeah. what you get. Everything's now that goddamn weight. But I pushed her out there and I was like, back up. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that don't know at home, downstage is facing the audience. Yep. Yeah. Comes yeah. From yeah. The yeah. olden yeah. times when stages had to be pitched. Exactly. So you could see the people in the yeah. back. Yeah. But I, I, so upstage I, was literally up. I, I didn't like play around with folks on stage, like in in montages and whatnot. And oh no, that was just of, my story. No, we, story but we all do that. Yeah. But also. It's, it's the best to do it in Shakespeare, though. <laughs> when you're, like, it's fucking dangerous. around with someone with shake and Shakespearean, like, pitter-patter back on stage and, like... <laughs> you can fuck some shit up in Romeo yeah. and Juliet. <laughs> you can put a comma in the wrong place and really completely, change the scene. Completely, <laughs> That Oxford comma, fucking hell. Yeah. Danielle. Um, okay, so I went to a performing... Well, not performing arts specifically, but an arts private school growing up. I didn't and, know that. Uh, yeah. I don't really talk about it that much, I guess. Yeah. But it was like a private school. My parents put me in it because they had a strong arts program and theater specifically. Is this where your mom was a teacher at? No, no she, she was kind of like this volunteer teacher throughout my upbringing in middle school, elementary school. And at she, every school you went to? Yeah, she... <laughs> Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. She'd like she'd talk to the principal and be like, "Can I teach kids about Russia and food?" Listen to last week's episode, and you'll understand how loaded that is. It's Sorry, definitely, carry it's a lot, on. Yeah, performing arts. I yeah, so I so I went to this this high school, and um, it was filled with all these rich kids, and like I was I was one of the uh, financial aid kids, but like my mom was insistent that I go there because she wanted me to have this kind of rounded education with performing arts because that was where my strengths were. 
Anyway, so every year we would do a, a play and then we would do a musical. And so we, I, I was always like the theater teacher, we became very good friends, but he was very clear with me that I was not an ingenue. I did not look like the ingenue. I was al- so he was going to always cast me as a character, um, which like, you know, in fairness, like I, I can act. So, but I was I always one of the lead, never got the lead. So we did a tale of two cities. There are no small parts. No, Danielle, just uh, trust small me. Actors. I trust me. There's no small parts when <laughs> I'm involved. Do you remember that saying? <laughs> right. But we did a tale of two cities. I think it was my like sophomore year in high school. And it's a Dickens play for anybody who's not familiar. It's a book. And then they made it into a play. And they they cast me as uh, well the, the Marquis Saint Evermond, which is a, like a wealthy character. He shows up much later in the book, uh, and he's murdered. But they they called me the Madame Saint Evermond because obviously you can't hide the fact that I have giant tits and I'm a woman. Yeah. Um, and there there's this massive death scene, and I had never done a death scene as as a kid like ever in acting at that point, and I had to bite down on a blood capsule mm. in order to do it. Now, a I have a well, I've learned to outgrow, but I have, you used to have <laughs> I a very strong gag reflex. <laughs> the gag reflex. And I like for those the, of you listening at home that aren't aware of what a gag reflex is, so it's when you may cough, choke, or yes. when you're brushing your teeth. Items. All right, yes. yeah, brushing your teeth. Anything yeah, unfamiliar <laughs> enters your oral cavity. Um, <laughs> anyways, I also have like an aversion to texture. Like I'm not a big fan of certain textures in my mouth. I've outgrown that again. You'll hear another story, so I'm fine with that. Oh, my God. Back to the theater. Yeah. So the, I, the, we had practiced it in rehearsal many times, and, like, I got over my fear, and I was able to just, like, quickly bite down on the blood capsule, collapse, be dead. So because the, in the book or in the play, there's this, like, peasant servant of, of the Marquise that murders him while he's sleeping. They sort of changed it in the play where I wasn't sleeping. I was, like, I think I was drinking wine or something, and I was sitting up or whatever. And they kind of come from behind and kill me. So the night of the show, the opening night, for some idiotic reason, someone put the fucking capsules in the freezer. And so I go to take yes. it. And I can set, I can flip my mouth. I was like, oh shit, that's going to be really difficult. So then I'm on stage. and the Sucking scene, it. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling it around in your mouth. I, trying like, to like, warm I had it up. like a huge monologue before I died. Like tons of dialogue I had to, I had to say. And like they had made this part a bit larger for me because... They, they wanted to give me a substantial part, but obviously I wasn't an or whatever. So I'm on stage, like, sitting by myself, giving this, like, huge monologue, like, like, like salivating because there's this fucking frozen blood capsule in my mouth. And then the, the, the actor who comes to kill me stabs me, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, nothing's happening. And so then I'm like... You're, like, gnashing your teeth. You have a seizure. Yeah, and I was like, and then nothing's happening. So he keeps stabbing me to, like, try to, like, make me bite down the capsule. I'm like... <laughs> and finally, it like still fu- like spit it out. And I was like, I'm dead. I like, I'm like, I just, I had to like, I didn't break, but it was just like, uh, oh my god, that hurts. Oh my god, that's so much. Like, those trying, are my favorite scenes because I couldn't just scenes. sit there and it's like, like the apple against yeah, my. But head. I couldn't let him just stab me and be, be like, like I could be chomping on this fucking blood capsule, and then I just like it just like rolled out of my mouth, and I was like, collapsed on the table. Like it was. Like, I remember just being like, that probably started me being a big cunty bitch because I was like, who the fuck put the blood capsule in the freezer? Which you have every right to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every right to say. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of like when props go wrong. Like, Oh, yeah. So my dad, so my, my dad the high school he was teaching at, um, he was also the drama director. So every show they put on. And they did West Side Story. Yeah. And 
they had lost uh, the gun or the knife. I can't remember what it is. Whatever uh, he kills Tony with. I think it's a knife. It's a knife. Whatever it is. So they had lost those props, right? And he strangles him on stage. Active active acting. But the actress who stops everything, uh, Maria's sister. Anita. Anita, yeah. The line is, how many guns? How many knives? Yeah. She delivers that, and then she adds, how many fingers? Because <laughs> he's strapped. <laughs> so sometimes there are choices you make that yeah, are it's not. True. They're, they're yeah, it's true. They're there, and to that one night to. only. And, and that's the great thing about theater, yeah. is seeing it that one time and oh. saying, this was the moment that happened, and will never happen again. Ever. But it's just right. so Well, that's great. the hard thing, too, is when somebody sees a moment in one of the shows, and they're like, oh, God, she was brilliant in that one moment, cause she, and then they expect you to do it again. It's yeah. like... Yeah, that's it then becomes stand-up, and it's like, no, I was just yeah. correcting my stand-up. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm interested to hear... Well, we're at the section of the of the show where we pull out the piece of paper from the bowl. No, no, no. no, the, no, no. Oh, yeah, no. We got, we just got, we kidding. Got, we're going to go into our, our worst musical. The worst Oh, you're right. So sorry. My apologies. You are just yeah, yeah. absolutely like, doing. shouldn't have been made overrated. Absolutely not. If I see it. Oh, overrated is different than worst musical. I think we should musical. do one and do it quick. <laughs> Worst musical out there, uh, and uh, you can you can hate right mail to uh, George and Roses at Instagram because I will speak to you about why I think this musical is shit. <laughs> Tell us shit like that diarrhea, that green diarrhea <laughs> oh my shit. God, good lord! Girl, I want to give you a visual of why you should hate this musical, and the musical is spit Grease. it out. <laughs> Grease, Grease the musical is an absolute. Horrific musical that should, should never, ever, ever, ever be done or brought back to stage, ever. Do you like the movie? Absolutely not. Oh, see, I love the movie. I hate the stage production. Uh, the was only the part production. in the, <laughs> the musical that I do is uh, Beauty's Go Dropout, and that was when Billy Porter did it, mm-hmm. which was good, but it was actually low budget at the beginning of that. So I think it's a, it's a horrible musical. I think it should... Should never ever be done. You just think it's trash. I overall. think it's trash. Okay. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, there's nothing specific. You just. There's think nothing life changing that will take you and say. Well, it's hugely problematic, honestly. Uh, of course, because a lot of people love it's, it. And also, it's, it's funny that it's always done in high schools because it sends a horrific message to girls, and it, like high schools do it over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I think post hashtag Me Too movement. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be. Seeing I hope Greece, not. I hope uh, not. Yeah. No. At all. You know, I think you'll see songs from it, like those magic changes and, you know, something yeah. like that. But I don't think you'll see the show together because it's yeah. just horrendous. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. Same All with right, guys I'll go next. Dogs. I'll go next. I've got a lot. I've got a lot that I could name, but the one is Titanic. The score is really nice. It's singable. It's got this almost ragtimey feel to it. Yeah. But only by the songs you pull out mm. and you put your own emotion into, not the songs as they apply to the story of Titanic. Right. And the book is horrendous. Yeah. Just watch the movie. Totally <laughs> different movie. than the musical, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I hate doing this because I respect every artist and their hard work, and I believe that. Most of the art is in creating completely, the product. Completely. It's the only musical, and I still carry this guilt, it's the only musical I walked out of. And no one has ever said to me, you should have stayed to the end. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
All right, Danielle, your worst musical. Um. Okay. Well, I honestly like. I don't know. I don't know if this is a an unfavorable opinion, but I am not a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, just <sighs> never been. And I don't. Yes, absolutely. I I one hundred percent agree with you. I'm just not. Really? I, that's, I, that's a strong statement. I will say this as a musical theater lover and. Like, Nerd, The Phantom of the Opera is not a musical I enjoy. I've never enjoyed that or musical. Oh, no, I was going to say Cats, too, because here's the thing. Cats produce a lot of, of iconic songs, but, like, I think the concept makes no sense to me. So your worst show is Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah, basically. I mean, honestly, I just don't understand why. I don't understand why he became as famous as he was. I don't, I, I, some of those shows, I mean. Phantom of the Opera is revolutionary. You know what? We're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. I'm just not okay. a fan. You thought Cats was was great because it had. Great... When did I say Cats was great? You she said it had. It had. It had I, some of the songs, songs are iconic, is what I said. Yeah. Iconic does not mean great. I don't know. She's reclaiming her time, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if also, I hear memory one more also, goddamn time. I, there's only reclaiming my time. And surely going. There's only. <laughs> there's only one musical that I walked out of, which is now like. It's famously known for being a bad musical. It was Spider-Man. And oh. I went and saw it on Broadway because one of my ex's friends was in the pit band. And we got free tickets. It's and, called the orchestra. Sorry, the or- orchestra. <laughs> wow. Whatever, shut up. He was the drummer. Uh-huh. And um, the back percussionist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, even we, 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 we got our tickets. We met him at like the uh, ticket ticket booth or whatever. Uh-huh. And even the guy saw it was like, please don't go to that musical. It's bad. And our friend... On the street was like screaming at Yeah, he was like, that's a bad decision. (laughs) And we went and it it is as horrifically bad as everyone said it was. It's just like... I mean, like, Julie Tambor is not a bad director, but that show is riddled with awful things. She shouldn't have gone with Bono. She shouldn't have gone with Bono to write the music. She should have gone with a different... Well, then she left the production before they went on Broadway anyways. she got fired. Yeah, she got fired. But Didn't it cost like $25 million? Yeah, it was like... And it closed closed very soon after it was... The health insurance that all the people got paid out of. Because there were were the stuntmen who who played... Did the Spider Man, um, whatever and they kept falling and yeah, because in. they didn't they didn't want to use their lead actor as doing the stunts, so obviously, oh, yeah. but like it, yeah, it's it's it is as bad as everyone said it was, and it was just a fucking train wreck. Jeez. I think, but I think it could have been amazing if, if she if got a stripped it down writer. properly. Right, it could have been amazing because the 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 actual set design and like how things are built and how. It's very comic book style. Right. Yeah. Fit that style. And I think Julie Tamer did a great job with that. Do I think there could have been a different writer for the yeah. songs? Because Bono was like, eh. Well, Bono's also like, something If you would have gotten somebody more like mainstream who's right. got that rock feeling, like someone who was a, like, give me a good. More mainstream during that mainstream. time, let me think. Yeah. Uh, that was like early John 2000? Mayer? 2008. Absolutely. <laughs> no, 2009. 2009. 2009. No, later than that. No, no, no it's not later. Really? I remember because I was building industry in New York. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, the, the guy who played Spider-Man, Reeve Carney, who is in Town now, yeah. like, he's a fantastic actor, but that show completely eclipses him because... You can't really, you can't appreciate any of the actors yeah. who are working or they're singing because... Well, here's the thing. You don't even have to look the year up. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's your show that you don't like. Yeah. You think it's tragic. Mm. Or show. Right. And Andrew And here's the thing. You don't like the writer of the show. But let's be honest. If Bono didn't produce and write the songs, 
Spider-Man was never going to be a show to begin with. Totally. No one was going to pay for it or pick it up. That was a lot of his own money. Yeah, absolutely. That he was producing his own songs for his version of a comic book on stage. Yeah, yeah. Period. And I'm sorry, I think comic books belong in the books or on the screens. Amen. You can't offer a comic book on stage. Yeah, I think the show still would have been yeah. made. You too many graphics. I think, I think, the, I think yeah, the show yeah, still yeah. would have been made, though, if yeah. he hadn't been attached to it. I think the problem was, was that because he was attached to it, they had to make it this big scale Massive. production. And a they took concert. They took what is honestly a very wonderful story. If you really break down what Spider-Man is, yeah. it's a beautiful story. Yeah. It's great. It doesn't need all that production value. But because Bono was attached to it, I think... He yeah. and Julie Tambor felt like they had to create this massive thing, yeah. and it was just a disaster. They were trying to make it like a, a ride at Universal Studios instead of... Which they did, because the, the Spider-Mans were flying all over the fucking yeah. place. All right, it's time for us to start hitting the ball. Um, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys, because I like being honest. We're not even going to reach into the bowl. We're going to pull out the one we haven't. <laughs> we're going to pull out the one we haven't pulled out in past episodes, and it's tuned stuck in your head. This can be anything technical or whatever, but I feel like we're on a really good track with musical theater. And who wants to go first? You do. I do? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, it's really obvious, uh, and I'm, I'm going to plug us as well. At Tipsy Bear, we do karaoke, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> we don't even have to get into a commercial. I'm just going to talk about it because yep. I always sing this song at karaoke. It's very special to me. Uh, the first time I ever heard it sung in a voice that I thought I could match, not Elton John's, not, you know, whatever, was Kevin, the director, the, you know, yeah. this whole yeah. story kind of yeah. comes full circle. I sing Elton John's Circle of Life. And let me tell you, you may not think that it's a tune stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. I sing that song at least three to four times a week with at least a verse or a little bit of court, whether I'm in the shower or I'm just walking to the train, it pops into my head. Yeah. Because the lyrics to me are so about like understanding that we're all in this together, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I actually sing it and enjoy singing it. I can emote when I'm singing it. Right. You know? Yeah. That's the tune that's always stuck in my head. I like it. Danielle. Are we going to stay on the musical theater? You can do whatever you want. Well, I mean, on a very different note, today what I woke up early, which I haven't done in a while, but like, and I was reconnecting with music that makes me happy that I haven't thought about in a long time, so it's not musical theater related. But as a kid growing up, I was a big fan of punk music, and The Clash is my favorite band of all time. And I, the, my favorite song is called Clampdown. And today I found myself reconnecting with a part of myself that I haven't been around so to speak in a long time and I was listening to some really good punk music that like made me feel really happy and that I mean, song yeah that song that song comes to me a lot but also I just haven't felt that in a long time so it was a uh, yeah great this thing um interesting enough um it hasn't been musical theater because I haven't I recently just put musical theater back in my ear for a while of listening to Sondheim on Sondheim, which is kind of like all of his like trilogy, two part trilogies of like different musicals that it's he's heavy. written. It is, it is heavy, and it, it that's a life story that I'm like, okay, that's what I need. But I love Now You Know. Um, it goes, Now You Know, Life is Crabby, Now Now You Know. Um, and I'm trying to remember what, what musical it's from. Um, but and, and it kind of saddens me that I haven't listened to musicals recently because that was 
like I said, yeah. this therapy a moment that I would just go into this world of Latin Piazza or Little Women while I'm riding my bicycle or something that would just, I could listen to a full entire show on my way to something. Like be in a trance. And be in the trance. Mm. And I haven't done that. And I think that's what's missing. Yeah. So I think, what did I just listen to? Oh, Astonishing Little Women. Mm. I think that the song is quite powerful, no matter who sings it, guy or or girl yeah. or non-binary person. Any music is so fucking yeah. powerful. It really yeah. is. If you don't know any of the songs or the shows or the shit we've been talking about, really dial back into the podcast. Look it up. Give it a three-minute yeah. try. Yeah, I promise you'll learn something. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy that we do this with each other. Hey. I hope you listening out there are having a wonderful fucking weekend. I hope you laughed enough to get onto the right side of shit. Uh, what's your name again? Georgian Roses, baby. Where can we find you? You can find me at Georgian Roses, like Guns and Roses, but Georgian Roses on Instagram. Amazing. And I'm so lucky to do this with our wonderful producer. Say goodbye, Danielle. Goodbye, Danielle. Do you want them to be able to find you, or are you good with bye, Danielle? Uh, well, my, my Instagram is private, but... Uh, okay, then we'll... we'll but they can hit you up at party. Yeah, if you want to email me, email me at party at And who are we speaking to on this other side? I'm fucking Papa Bear. Remember to love yourself. We love you. We love each other. Ciao, ciao now. Amen.